Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Rachel and Chloe. Hello. Just so loud immediately. Oh, I'm so How's sorry. It going? No, it's all right. How are you? Good. I feel like we haven't had this combo in a while. I know. I know. I've been away. You've been traveling. I've been. Yeah. I don't even know what I've been She's doing. Been on sex adventures. Sexy, sexy adventures. Sexy, sexy adventures. It's the only way we do adventures <laughs> sexily. Ooh, baby. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be back. Ooh, guys, I have Patreon questions. <gasps> oh, I'm excited. Did you all know that I have a Patreon? Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. It's my name, y'all. What? Wow. Should we just start the episode over? Get on it. <laughs> And for $5 a month or higher, you get to send questions that we'll answer on Light Trees and News. So, um, wait a second. Where did your question go? Uh, hold on. Patreon. Get yes. on I knew I had questions Patreon. for you. Slash Allison Kilkenny. Ooh, Ooh, yes. Okay. So, this is so up our alley, I almost puked. Oh, my God. I'm oh, going to yes. cry. Fabian, hello Fabian, Hi, wants Fabian. to know, what would be yours, Rachel's, and Chloe's real housewives tagline be? Oh my gosh. Isn't I, that amazing? I've oh thought God. about this so much. Have you? I haven't thought about it at all, but I, I was like, oh. oh. I don't know mine, what mine would be. You have what? Do you have one? Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. I'll so, do, I'll do, I'll do I'll the be, sound. I'll like, be turned away from you guys, and then okay. I'll turn to you and I'll say yes. yes. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 I'm not dun. here for friendship. I'm here for the booze. <gasps> yes. Okay. Okay, somebody do the song. Do, 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 do. Where are the snacks? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought we were like our villainous selves. Oh, okay, so me as a villain? All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'm like, mine would not be, I'm not here for friendship. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, I'll do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Sometimes this world will eat you up like I eat snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. Okay. Oh man, I don't there know. There we go, there we go. Uh, 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 oh God, I don't know. Uh, I realize I also don't know the song. Oh, I'm just singing like oh, okay. Bravo doo doo e songs. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, I'll do oh, God. Okay. It's like it's supposed to be bad. Yeah. Okay, great. Dun, 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 dun. I'm gonna ruin every straight woman here. <laughs> That's good. That's, That's good. a good one. That's I like good. that one. So much. And also, like, probably accurate. <laughs> um, There's no such thing as straight in the OC. Oh, oh right. Yeah, that in is straight. The OC. In the OC. Uh, so, guys, let's see. Uh, we answered that one. Oh, I Fabian, love that. Thank you. Um, let's we should see. do that. Fabian, also, if you follow Sorry Mom Sketch on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, The Fun Ants, which is our improvised web series that we haven't done in a very long time, um, but episode one, the intro to them, we all, all of our characters have oh, Real yeah. Housewives That's right. um, intros. Yeah. And they're funny. They're very funny. Uh, and everyone go subscribe to our channel. We will have new content eventually. Thank you, promise. We've been very busy. Uh, all yeah. of us. Mm. It's the um, summer. So uh, Petra has a question for Desmond. Um, <gasps> Desi, Desmond, wake up. Are Desi. you listening? He's asleep. Hey. Desi? Hey. Are you okay? It's me, Desi. Oh, oh wow. Desi's talking. <laughs> hey. Uh, so Desmond, the question for you is meow? Meow, meow, meow. 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 Uh, first, I'd like to say that's fucking inappropriate. Oh, wow. Mm. Petra, uh, what did you ask? 
uh, I'm a man of mystery and I'm not going to reveal who makes my heart go zoom, zoom, zoom. Was Petra hitting on my cat? Oh, sorry to wake you up, Desi. Good night, mom. <laughs> I call me mom. All right. <laughs> so speaking of Desmond, Bailey has a cat question. <gasps> okay. Oh. So Rachel, you can weigh in on this since you are uh, Mimosa's mom. Uh, yes. Wait, I was a, a cat aunt for 15 years. Give it to me. Give well, it to me. I'm you're ready. now a cat goddaughter <gasps> too. Yeah. To my two to cats. And just like an uncle. <laughs> no, you're their uncle. You're fun their uncle. fun uncle. Yeah. Uh, my partner and I just adopted a kitten. Congrats. So, congrats. So now we have two cats. And we thought we read somewhere that you need a litter box for each of them. Do you use two boxes for Desi and Penny? Also, on a related note, how did they do in the move? Are they liking the new place? Thanks. Oh, so cute. Um, yeah, so nice, Bailey. Thanks for the question. So I have one litter box for Desi and Penny, but it's a big litter box um, because Desmond's a hefty gentleman. And sometimes <laughs> he steps on the edge of the litter box and he can overturn it <gasps> if oh it's God. not big enough and heavy enough. Oh, my That's God. That's fair. Yeah, so he needs an extra large litter box. I also... Um, and this is kind of a personal preference. I get one. Um, I just have the basic bin. I don't have a covered one because I had heard that sometimes if cats can't stand up while they're peeing, they can get a urinary tract infection. Oh. So, and also Desi's just so clumsy. I'm like, yeah. can you imagine him in a covered litter box no. like trying mm -hmm. to navigate around? <laughs> yeah, he would. Hey, Mama, here talking about. It'd be terrible. <laughs> um, I actually just invested in a self-cleaning litter box. Yeah, how's it going? Actually, really well. Good. He's using it, yeah. Um, my roommates are not cat people at all, mm. and even though I have my own bathroom. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, but it's because no one wants to be around the litter box. Right. Um, they were just getting upset because he was using the litter box during the day when I wasn't there to clean it, which, like, I don't I'm like, understand. you signed up to live with a cat. Like, yeah. you can't. It, where are they mad? He's, like, pooping? Yeah, because they're like, it smells. And I'm like, yes, but I clean it in the morning and when also, I leave at night. Also, does it smell when you poop? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting mad. <laughs> but I'm like, you yeah. live, if, if it really is bothering you, scoop it if you're there during the yeah. day. That's fine. But whatever. I got a self-cleaning one so that it will automatically kind of take care of it. It. I've seen a big improvement. Mimosa was terrified of it at first. Yeah, like, you were saying. He wouldn't step in it. Like, I'm scratched up all on my arm. Oh, my God. But I basically just had to sit in the bathroom with him mm. for like an hour just to get him used to being around it. Right. And it's funny because he didn't even hear it turn on. Like, he wasn't scared of it because he, like, knew it was automatic. It, it was just, just like, a new object yeah. that he was a Aww. little scared to use. But he's been using it, and it's good. Guys, I got a Roomba, and Desmond, like, his mind is blown. You have something smeared on your face. That's you what like Rachel's. a big black mark on your face. Sorry. Sorry. That, that was, like, the no. best time to tell. <laughs> I just didn't like staring no, at it. No, it's, like, a big smudge No, on that's the face. second one. It's something on the bottom of my glasses. Oh, okay. Uh, I got a Roomba because, you know, they shed a lot. And then when Charles moves in with Harley. It's um, going to be, like, a lot. Three pets, yeah. So Desmond's mind is fucking blown. Like, whenever <laughs> it turns on and it's moving around. Um, my goal is to get him comfortable enough where he can ride it around. <laughs> oh my god, that's my dream. And then Desmond will be done with walking, which he hates to do anyway. Honestly, I love it. Oh, and speaking of how they did in the move, I'm so proud of Desmond. Like, not no hesitation was w going up and down the stairs. Um, I think they like it because they have more space to mm -hmm. explore, which is fun for them. 
Desi loves puking in the basement. Puking. So I told Charles, I'm like, heads up. That is his chosen spot. (laughs) That's where Charles is going to be. So, yay. Uh, Thank you for the question. Um, We do have another one. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think we have time to answer this. So, also, guys, it's a Monday episode, which means I have a wonderful interview coming up for you to listen to. Um, So this is from... Uh, I'm going to shorten this, Alex. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, because it's kind of long. And I like all of the information was important, so I get why you sent it, but just for the sake of time. So Alex was recently um, at a party, got into a political conversation with a bunch of older white men on several different topics. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, they were holding their own. Uh, and even though uh, one of the older white men, like at some point, like tried to get them to um, contradict themselves, and uh, so Alex, right? I said that he was being disingenuous and used the words "fuck you." <laughs> so this dude gets all up in arms about it. Um, long story short, one of Alex's friends said, uh, "Busted out the old Michelle Obama line: if you go low, if they go low, you go high." Sentiment. Yeah. Um, and said that she told me she liked what I said, but not how I said it, basically. Okay. So their question is, how do you deal with people who are quote-unquote on your side, but invalidate the way you say it? Mm. Um, And then this was very sweet. P.S. Thanks for giving me the information to be better informed on just about every topic uh, than these ignorant fossils. Smiley face. Uh, That was so nice, Alex. So I get this a lot because usually from older white people, people um because i swear on the show Mm. they're like i agree with you but why do you have to use language and there is something that is so like bone chilling to me about people who choose to focus on like tone and profanity when but are cool with like the the things i'm criticizing so like if i'm talking about genocide or war they're like but you said the f word and i'm like it's so weird to me that you would focus on that and it it is people on my side too so Mm -hmm. i get that feeling alex how to deal with them i don't deal with them i ignore them it's hard i because like i feel like when i talk to like my parents friends about things even, like, growing up, like, I mean, I grew up in Arizona, and it was very, we were the token Democrats on the street. Um, but, like, my my parents' friends' opinions changed over the years, mm. and they became a little bit more liberal after they had, like, personal things happen, whatever. Sure. Um, and they would get very upset if I said more, like, like stronger statements, mm. where they were like, oh, I agree with that, but, like, mm-hmm. you're being kind of like, not bratty or whatever when you say mm-hmm. it. Um, it's hard to when you're younger because people dismiss you and they're yeah, like, you yeah. don't know what you're talking about. But I feel like now I like can go in and know my audience mm-hmm. and be able to still express my, not change my opinion or not tone down my opinion at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Um, but just ease into it. But it's yeah. ha- it's hard and it you kind of don't want to have to censor yourself like yeah. that. Yeah, I think for me, I usually, if I'm having that kind of a conversation where I'm like, it's uh, two opposite sides, it's going to be with people who are much older than me. Yeah. Usually, usually. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, I'm usually already in a position where people like that, uh, like say like my parents, friends, or like family, stuff like that, they're in a weird position of like authority, 
a lot of the time, not necessarily mm. over me, but just like, I don't like an elder. Yeah. And which makes me as a person wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'm, all, I'm already like in a place where I'm not acting like myself. Right. And then that lends itself to me already not censoring my opinions, but censoring how I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then the flip side of that is like, if I'm talking to someone our age, I'm dropping the F-bombs and I don't oh, care. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like say, like I could be saying the exact same thing, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to be an asshole about it. I tend to be way more comfortable around people who mm-hmm. swear. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, it's weird. It, I think there was a study done that showed that people perceive those who use profanity as being more honest. If there's actually like a whole uh, article I read about people who swear at work are happier. Yeah. Probably. Because yeah. it's a little micro vent. Sure. It's um, yeah, I mean, kind of like lightens you it. You're like self-policing yourself always, which yeah. seems exhausting. I've been... Um... Oh, <laughs> so Rachel has to go right now because she ordered food. Uh, so she's running to go grab that. That is so funny. Oh. But while she's doing that, yeah. I'm going to introduce the interview I have for you <gasps> yeah. today. So um, I interviewed the wonderful Abby Crutchfield. She's a comedian who uh, you've probably seen on Comedy Central, True TV, NBC, TBS. Um, I <laughs> Chloe has two mics, I'm and gonna, she's so excited. I'm going to do both. I'm going to do Rachel okay, cool. as cool, well. Cool, cool. Uh, she and I did a show together uh, with Keisha and Andy. That was very fun. You want to try the other mic? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do, when you intro it, I'm going to do Rachel's voice. Oh, okay, great, 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 great. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we talk about a a bunch of stuff that Abby's watching, listening to, reading right now uh, that's making her happy. So please go follow her now at Curly Comedy. Ooh. Yeah, uh, on Twitter. And, yeah, please enjoy the interview. Yes, enjoy it. Oh, wow, enjoy it. I've been asking people what their favorite thing is that they're watching or or listening to or reading right now is. Mm-hmm. So um, what have you been, let's start with, what have you been watching that's been bringing you joy? My favorite thing I keep coming back to is a series from the BBC called Death in Paradise. It's on Netflix. Ooh. Have you seen it? I have not. I'm a huge murder mystery serial fan and more of the lighthearted murders that are definitely going to get solved in <laughs> right. half an hour. <laughs> right, right. And less true crime. I really can only handle so much true crime. Mm-hmm. So uh, so the, this one is fun because it's, it's a British detective and he is assigned to the Caribbean, um, the, this um, island called Saint-Marie. And it shoots in Guadeloupe, actually. And so it's gorgeous. So the scenery is always nice. Actually, the, the location is a character of the whole whole series. And then this detective has got, like, what do you call it? Um, oh, what is it? Not atypical, but uh, unorthodox ways of solving crimes. Right. And he's got a cast of, a supporting cast of local um, officers and also one French officer who's, like, half half uh, sent Mar- Mauritian. I don't know what you say. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, you've got, it's, like, nice and diverse. Um, it still has, you know, like, a, a white male lead, but I think that is what 2011 casting was like and has continued since then. That's when sure. the show I think started. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah um, love it. Have you seen Broadchurch? Oh, I love Broadchurch. Okay. Yeah. And that one's heavier, but anything. It's so heavy. It is heavy, but it's so realistic. And that's what I like. Like, I feel, I don't know what, what nuances are there. I can't really tell if it's just great acting or great writing or both or the cinematography, but yeah. I get so sucked into Broadchurch. 
I just feel like British mysteries and dramas in general uh, tend to be elevated in that way where I'm anytime I watch something from the BBC, I'm like, this is the best acting I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't matter what show it is. <laughs> But the French are that way too. There's mm-hmm. a French drama on Netflix. I forget the name, but I know that I think it's called Marseillaise. No, no, no. Anyway, it's uh, it's got um, uh, Gerard Depardieu is like one of the leads. So anyway, even if, if even if you couldn't speak French, you you get the tone of what everyone's talking about, and it's like, how are they so? I don't know. They're not too melodramatic, but they're so serious. They really tap into real feelings. So yeah. yeah. The British thing, I, I think we've been trained as Americans to just assume British people are smarter than us. Like, all of our intelligent cartoon characters have British accents. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. I also think they approach acting in a very different way where they do a lot of theater. And I feel like mm-hmm. for actors, theater is like boot camp. If you can act well on a stage, acting in mm-hmm. front of a camera is like nothing. That's a good theory. Yeah, I wonder if it's that. And a lot of Americans fast track it from commercials to right. film without needing to learn, I don't know real feelings hard to say it's also some people i think just have it early i feel like it's harder in the united states to make a living as a stage actor uh whereas in the uk i feel like there's maybe maybe that's a misconception of mine but i feel like there's more to do in the circuit in the uk of being a theater actor yeah i do wonder how that's a great point i wonder how you break into acting over there or in other countries but specifically because i want to be on death in paradise there's no reason they'd ever have an american character but like maybe as a tourist, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of them are sort of pipelined in through RADA, the the uh, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Like once they mm-hmm. go to school there, if you get a scholarship and you go to school there and you study acting, I feel like jumping into theater is pretty, pretty easy from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know in terms of like how many spots there are. It just everything in the United States feels like way more panicked and competitive. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yet everyone can try it. I think that's like the American way of like, right. yeah, if you've got enough money, take these classes, and even you too can be Tom Cruise or something like that. <laughs> right. But uh, the longer you're in the business, the more you realize, oh gosh, there's so much stacked against me besides competition. Oh yeah, and then of course it depends on like race and gender and socioeconomic yeah, backgrounds, nepotism. Exactly. Yeah, yep, all that stuff. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, what was the last movie you saw? The last movie I saw, well, the one I can remember was Return of the Jedi. And I can't Mm. think, I think that was in the theater. I obviously see a lot of movies on, you know, on my television or on my devices through Netflix or streaming and other things. But um, I want to see Black Panther and I haven't yet. Have you seen that Oh, I've seen it. (laughs) I saw it twice on my own and then I just took my parents to see it. (laughs) And it was insane that I took them to see it because they had never seen a Marvel film before. So, like, oh. we got there, like, with 10 minutes until the movie mm-hmm. started. And I was like, okay, real quick, little background on what Wakanda is. And, like, I, <laughs> I just gave them a full rundown of, like, the Avengers. And they were great. They were very receptive and, and open-minded. And they loved the movie. The movie That's was, like, cool. no context, really. That's how good that mm-hmm. movie is. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I can tell. I mean, it just looks really well done. And, obviously, all-star cast. So, that's really funny, yeah. though, to think, one, take your parents to a Marvel movie is a great, like, theme that everybody should be doing. <laughs> but two, that they've never been exposed to one. Because, yeah, how impressive would it be? Especially if the last superhero movie they saw was, like, Christopher Reeve and um, 
Superman or something. Yeah, I was trying to think of. I think I probably made them go see one of the Nolan Batman films too. Probably, oh, that's good. probably just to see Heath Ledger's performance. But yeah, my mom was so impressed. She was like, "That was so creative and great." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you feel about Return of the Jedi? I I actually liked it, but yeah. I'm not a huge Star Wars devotee in mm. that like I. I watch the movies and then I enjoy the movies and then I don't think about them ever again. So yeah. I don't like re- rehash like fan fiction things or watch interviews. And so my husband, who's the opposite, I mean, he's more geared towards being a, uh, a Trekkie. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you call Star Wars fans? A Star Wars fan. Yeah. So he, do they have a, a little, little cute name? I don't think they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm kind of like you in the sense that I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan. And in mm-hmm. fact, I didn't really get into it until the reboots. So mm-hmm. I have been having an amazing time. I think the, mm-hmm. the reboot movies are awesome. I love all of the new cast members. But I do know a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans who are not thrilled with how things are going. And I'm kind of like, it just feels like sour grapes to me. Hmm. It, or or is it generational? Does it feel like when old people complain about pop music not being as good as it used to be? I don't something? know. These people are my age. I, yeah. And maybe it's the fact that I didn't like grow up with you know passionately loving the films. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't have that attachment to it. So when people reimagine it, I don't freak out. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm I guess... like these films are just like the CGI is dope now, and the yeah. the cast is more diverse. Like why <laughs> exactly. are you why are you so mad? <laughs> That's pretty much yeah the two things I notice and appreciate about it too. And it tells a, a story. It's funny because they all have good storytelling in common. I think except for I guess I don't even know that the stories were of the three that people don't like to speak about. But the three I don't know chronologically. I guess they're the prequels or something. Mm-hmm. The making of Darth Vader. So for those, the, the, when I tried to watch them, it, the pace was very different. So it was like, you know, long monologues and very dark tone. And it, that, and that didn't feel on brand, but the, like you're saying, what do you call them? Reboots? Reimaginings? Yeah. These ones are, I think, in line with the original three that everybody loves. So that's why I don't understand why people complain about them. Cause it's like, it's what it's, it's right there. It's it's everything you like about it, but I guess slight, slight things. I honestly have not read any of the negative reviews about this stuff. It's kind of all over the place. I mean, there is just the, <clears throat> they seem mad that there are diverse actors, some people, but then gross. other people are like, it's too derivative that it's just rehashing stuff that's already been established in the star Wars universe. And I'm like, yeah, I mean that that's what a reboot is. And, and star mm-hmm. Wars itself is a Western in space. Like, right. At its heart, it's derivative. So mm, I, I think that's a weird critique. But anyway, um, what are you listening to right now? What I listen to, oh, there's this, um, it's funny. There is a woman that sings kids songs. And the only reason I'm listening to it, because I usually don't listen to music unless I'm in the shower. And then I just go to Amazon Prime or Spotify's like hits, greatest hits. So I'm kind of... Um, my palate is not refined when it comes to music. However, I've been looking into songs to introduce to um, a baby, a baby, my baby that I had four <laughs> months ago, a baby, <laughs> this baby that lives in my house. Yeah. And, um, and so I found this woman, I think her name is Fred. It's F-E-R-E-D. And what she, I like about her is it reminds me of when I was little, like there were 
Raffi and Shannon yes. Lois and Bram, there were kid songs that were like both funny, silly, but soothing. Mm-hmm. And today, if I look on those streaming music sites for kid songs, you get like this really robotic sounding, it, it's almost like electronica hip hop for little kids. And it's like way too upbeat and peppy. And so I was looking for someone that was like, you know, like Sound of Music Maria. And I found her. So I nice. like Nice. That's Honestly, awesome. I'm just singing the songs to myself. They're really great. They're really sweet. So That's awesome. That good. Um, are you a fan of podcasts? And if so, uh, what are you listening to? I love the concept of podcasts, but <laughs> I don't. I don't make time. Yeah, I don't make time to listen to them. Um, probably because I'm filling all my my escapism attention to uh, to that program, like to Death in Paradise or yeah. things that stream on Netflix, like serials, like bake, British baking shows. I'm huge on like oh, competitions. So good. Oh, have you seen? Uh, a mind or inside the mind of a chef on Netflix. Am I watching that? Is that the one where, no, no, I'm thinking of a different one. No. How is that? I've been interested to see that. So it's really good. Um, I've wrecked it before on my show, but it's interesting because there's another cooking show on Netflix called ugly delicious. That I love. Okay. I'm really enjoying that. So the chef featured in that David Chang is also in one of the seasons of a mind of a chef. But the Uh way that show works is every season is a new chef and the whole thing is narrated by Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Which is kind of weird, but it, it's definitely (laughs) like the, the prelude to ugly delicious because David Chang's season is by far the best. Oh, cool. And you could tell like he totally should have his own show at that point. But like the producers were like, no one knows who this is. So let's have Anthony Bourdain (laughs) narrate it. Anthony Bourdain is a voice that you trust in regard to food and watching food. Right. It's kind of like Steve Harvey as a host of anything. It's like, we've already seen him host. So sure. Host anything you want and we'll watch it. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I was avoiding Inside the Mind of a Chef because I was afraid it would be too much like at the chef's table. And that one's so heavy. and Oh, it's so boring. I tried to watch it. <laughs> and oh, my God, it goes on forever. Yeah, no, it's definitely I would say it's in between the two. It's not as good as okay. Ugly Delicious, but it's way better than the chef's yeah, table. Chef yeah, table. chef's table is like a trip to the MoMA. So it's like uh, good and I'm learning something, but it, I have a limit. And I'm, I'm fatigued. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. I did hear David Feldman's podcast recently. I'm glad that your podcast exists. I love the sound of it. (laughs) Hell Um, yeah. I'm happy to be on it. Hell yeah. Um, So yeah. So like I love any podcast that is comedians and has comedian guests talking about comedy. Now I don't love when it strays into too much personal life. Like I really like hearing comedians talk about comedy, but I'm sure that gets old even among comedians. So they have to diversify. Sure. But that's what I like tune into that's what I enjoy yeah yeah it took me a long time weirdly I've been you know hosting podcasts for over a decade but it took me a long time to listen to them which Mm -hmm. is very weird I think because it's hard to find time to listen to stuff when I'm on the subway I'm reading yes so I had to figure out like when I would listen to it but speaking of reading uh Mm -hmm. are you reading anything right now I am and I'm reading two books that are not like that joyful one is a sleep training book to just learn about sleep schedules and stuff for a baby that lives in your house sure and then the other one is called being mortal and it's by atul he's indian um the name sounds indian i'm not actually sure where he's from but it's i think garunde or gawunde i have to look it up Uh i'm saying it wrong either way um what it's about being mortal is he's a doctor and he is 
Oh, there it is. Atul Gawande. He's an American surgeon, writer, and public health researcher, according to Wikipedia. And he is exploring the concept that um, in American uh, hospitals, doctors or in the medical field aren't trained to deal with death head on. It's mm. kind of like they're just trained to look past it and and, and offer more and more tests and, and give, um, give patients... Uh, like options. Mm. And he says the harm in giving them options is sometimes, you know, that those options will just result in, you know, not curing their disease. Right. And it's like, yeah, you can communicate that to a person, but the person will instead be like, well, don't give up on me. Sure. I want the option. It's like your chances are really minimal and it's just going to be putting you in pain. Mm. So he's proposing, at least in this first few chapters, it sounds like he's making a case for why don't we go back to the ways where we, before we had all these medical advancements and just deal with death head on so that people could be at peace with it as a natural part of life. Mm. And so I, uh, my dad's uh, health is not so great. And I've lost uh, some family members in the past year and also a family friend and they were all older, but they all had, you know, health issues. And so it's just been on my mind of like, how can I deal with this better instead of just fearing it and grieving it? Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, a lot of countries are very big on hospice care, which Mm -hmm. is sort of that middle ground where it's like, okay, we know this person is on their way out, so let's just make them as comfortable as possible and not keep, like, prodding them with needles and Uh subjecting them to chemo that's going to make them very ill and just make them as comfortable as they can because, yeah, not everybody, I mean, everyone dies, right? We, We don't, no one lives forever, so at some point, you do have to accept that things are wrapping up, but it, it's more denial on, on the part of, I, I feel the people who aren't dying. Yeah. Who really want to keep them going and try everything. Like oftentimes the person who is dying is the one who's like, no, really that that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. 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 And it's, yeah. And, and exactly. And maybe family can be more supportive of a dying family member if they under, if they could embrace themselves and not live in denial about it, you know, like yeah. not, not have it be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Because it's definitely sleep happens to us every night and, and we don't really dread it. So I always think about that where I'm like, death would, will be exactly like before you were born. Right. Which you have no recollection. <laughs> yeah. <think> the, <laughs> the unknown is so, it freaks people it out. Well with us. Yeah. Log- logistically, you should be able to be at peace with it, but I don't know, emotionally. And then if I think I can't even comprehend like the size of the universe yeah. or the number infinity. So, you know, the idea of not being when it's so unfamiliar is like, I can't, my brain explodes. We so as I'm humans, just, we love to fight against things that we have no control over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, death. We're, we're so hardwired for control. It's funny, but I guess, you know, that's one of the instincts. Right. Awesome. Keep you alive. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do the show. Great recommendations. Um, yeah, I hope you, you can dig into at least Death in Paradise because that's the lighter side of the death. I gotta, you know, got a death theme going on. Yeah, I got to watch it. Oh, my God, I love everything true crime, so I'm definitely going to watch that. And, yeah, good Great. luck with all of the sleep training. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great day, Allison. Please go follow Abby on Twitter at Curly Comedy. She's a very funny, nice lady, um, and you should support everything she does. Also, she hell looks yeah. fierce as hell in her True <gasps> TV photo, her <gasps> oh, banner photo. Yeah. Isn't she looks so hell pretty? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go follow her. Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Oh. It's a bad.
So I wanted to open the bad news section by issuing a huge correction. Guys, I don't want to make excuses, but uh, my life is uh, terrible at the moment. And um, I covered this story and I literally like said the opposite of what it actually is. And I like had a feeling after the episode where I was like, I think I fucked that up and I meant to go back and I never did. And then, so a couple of people corrected me. So um, I wanted to go back and talk about the Magni Magnitsky Act and Bill Browder. Um, I'm gonna link to a Washington Post article that will do a, a much better um, job of describing like what the Magnitsky Act is, who Bill Browder is. But long story short, Bill Browder is an American-born financer who came to Russia in the 1990s. He is the grandson of a former general secretary of the Communist Party, USA. Um, by his own admission, Browder wanted to become the biggest capitalist in Russia, and he succeeded and was for a decade the country's largest portfolio investor. Um, so the reason he uh, became an enemy of the Kremlin was, and was expelled from Russia in 2005 uh, was that um, in 2008, his Moscow lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, uncovered a tax scam involving government officials that defrauded Russian taxpayers of $230 million. Oof. So he did what any law-abiding citizen would. He reported the crime to the relevant authorities. In return, he was arrested and held in detention without trial for almost a year, and he was beaten and died on November 2009. So... Um, this article goes more into uh, the, uh, the Magnitsky Act, um, but I wanted to talk about it because I mentioned Bill Browder, uh, and he's actually the, the victim in this story, and I, I believe what I did was uh, say the exact opposite, that he was one of like the bad like capitalists in, in Russia. I think that was the mistake I made. Um, so obviously huge error. Um, so, and the Magnitsky Act uh, uh, bars individuals from Russia and elsewhere who are complicit in human rights abuses and corruption from traveling to the West. So, I wanted to make that correction up top. Very, very sorry, um, and I don't have an excuse beyond being very, very distracted mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, overwhelmed and uh, a mess at well, the moment. Well, humans, valid. And I'm human, yeah, oh, it happens. I will say, guys, if you are a fan of mine, um, Corrections are always welcome uh, and necessary. Um, try not to be um, cruel when you do it. We're humans. We're again. humans. Rachel's humans eating pizza right now. I'm so sorry. But it was so weird to me because, like, I'm like, if you're a fan of mine, I just, I, enemies of mine have not been that mean to me. Really? <laughs> what? It was really bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, I, but I'm sorry for the error. Um, but yeah, so also in bad news, ooh, I wanted to talk about this, guys. So there have been these stories coming out that are supposed to be heartwarming, uh. but just to me illustrate how terrible the country mm -hmm. is right now. So there's two of them. One CNN reported on, uh, passengers overhear a teacher talking about how her students need school supplies and open up their wallets. Ugh. Uh, yeah, so this Chicago teacher named um, Kimber Bermudez was on a flight to Florida to visit her parents when a friendly passenger asked her how, uh, what she does for a living. She told him she was a teacher and how much she loved her job teaching her first graders at Carlos Fuentes Charter School. 
Almost half of the students at her school have limited English skills, and 87% are classified as low income. But, she told the man, about the close-knit community at the charter school and how it eases some of the burdens by providing free breakfast and lunch and after-school programs. Um, so the man asked for her work contact information because his company likes to make donations to schools like hers. Um, but she didn't realize that other people were also listening to their conversation. Mm -hmm. So this guy taps her on the shoulder um, and apologizes for listening in on the conversation um, and also like handed her money. Wow. Um, and he said, uh, he told her to do something amazing with it. She didn't count the money right away, but she saw a $100 bill on top and burst into tears. And she later realized that he handed her $500. Holy shit. What? Which is awesome. And like this guy is so nice and it, it is a nice story, but it's also like but the so sad that like yeah. a teacher has to talk about not having money in order for people to, I mean, th that shouldn't have to happen. Like yeah. right. school no, no, should no. be funded adequately. Mm -hmm. And then this story, oh my God. So uh, uh, yeah, um, Angela Hughes uh, of Kansas City, Missouri, was less than a year into her job in the registrar's office of a private college when her daughter was born two months early. So because uh, Hughes, didn't, so Hughes did not qualify for any paid maternity leave because she was so new at her job. Mm -hmm. uh, so she never took a day off during her entire pregnancy so she could save as much vacation time as possible for after the baby was born. Her boss, sensing her stress, mm -hmm. donated 80 hours of her own paid time off to Hughes through a policy at the college allowing that practice. More coworkers followed suit, and in the end, Hughes had eight weeks of paid maternity leave, almost all of which was donated by coworkers. So, Again, lovely, well, I, but yes, the underlying issue. That, that's Jesus all of these stories. No, yeah, that's like why I said that lovely, made me furious. But, yeah, dot, dot, dot. So like, Good Morning America covers the story and also apparently how this is a trend. Donating what? vacation time to new moms is a trendy coworker baby shower gift. And I was like, this is no. disgusting. It's but. like the issue should be paid maternity leave, obviously, and paternity leave. Mm -hmm. um, and... Adequately paying teachers, like these these stories that are supposed to be heartwarming are just yeah. illustrating the rotten foundation. Like, hey, <laughs> like the system the, is broken, yeah, but there's like broken. some like nice people. Yeah, out like there. the exactly. people in the stories are good. Very nice people. It yeah. doesn't fix the fact that underneath that is Yeah, and I know we're like capitalism. all desperate to feel good about something. That's like mm -hmm. what the first third of the show is about. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we need to talk about, we need to feel good sometimes. And... These people are very kind, and we should yeah. feel good about the totally. fact that there are good people like this out there. But ultimately, what this is showing is that, as you said, Rachel, the system's broken, mm -hmm. and we need to fix it. Like, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to hope your coworkers are nice enough to give you their paid Vacation. leave. Yeah. So and you it's can also take like, care of your baby. Yeah. But then, and then it's also like stuff like this happens, and then this becomes the new norm, and right. then something else, and it just like keeps going, and it's scary. Right. I, and specifically with the maternity leave, I understand the idea of like accruing vacation, like when you start mm -hmm. a job. Yeah. Like you need to put in time to get sure. those vacation sure, sure. hours. Yeah. But that's to like put it, that's put in place to make sure no one like takes, like abuses vacation or whatever. Yeah. You, you, you don't, you don't fake being pregnant to get maternity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. It's not something like you can tell when someone's actually. Right. Yeah. Right. 
They're not trying to scam the system. No, <laughs> no it, it's uh, uh, should be a right. Right, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. There I, agree. I said it. What? Bold statement. A bold statement, and I support it. Here, here, here. Um, so, oh, did I want to put this in bad news? Ah, uh, if something. Okay, guys, let's vote right now. If something bad happens to Trump, it goes in the good news section. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think as well. Um, so I will move this story. Um, <laughs> I love that I did that yeah, on air. Uh, so, oh yeah, this is definitely a bad one. So is this from the Daily Beast? Yeah. The Daily Beast is reporting um, that one of television's most powerful men, 60 Minutes <gasps> executive producer Jeff Fager, hired a law firm that boasts about killing stories for a Washington Post investigation into him. Three sources familiar with the matter told the Daily Beast. The story was a deep dive into what CBS managers knew about former anchor Charlie Rose's alleged sexual misconduct, but due to the aggressive tactics of law firm Claire Locke, the sources said the story was effectively neutered. Wow. So they had the story killed. Mm. Uh, Claire Locke, this law firm, also did work for former Today Show host Matt Lauer and current New York Times reporter Glenn Thrush, three sources say. Wow, wow, wow. Both men were accused in news publications of sexually harassing women. The law firm was also recently hired by David Pecker, the CEO and chairman of American Media Inc., parent company of the National Enquirer, to try and shut down a negative story from a newspaper. So basically what this law firm does is... Do Threaten to sue people? Threatens to sue people and gets sexual misconduct stories killed. Can you imagine making your living doing that? The devil! Get this shit. Claire Locke is the creation of husband and wife team Tom Claire Jesus and Elizabeth Christ. Libby Locke. Libby! S some Elizabeth! Of, some of Libby's biggest defamation wins are stories the public will never hear about, her website says. They have litigated against Rolling Stone, The New York Times, Katie Couric, CNN, and Gawker. What? Wow. How did I know Gawker was going to be in there? Uh, <laughs> like constantly getting sued. <laughs> but like, genuinely, how do you sleep at night? I, yeah, that, like, that's, that's my all question. I can think. I mean, like, these, these are the people who are just like money. anything to make money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, money, money, Don't money, care. money, money, money. They gotta, yeah, they gotta pay for the big house. Houses. Yeah, houses, sorry. yeah. Multiple houses, yeah. I bet they were on the island hunters. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I just, God, and it's it just keeps getting worse and worse the more names you see. Um, I yeah, I just don't know what, can you imagine like a little kid? When I grow up, <laughs> I'd like to <laughs> shut down news articles. <laughs> And I'd like to, to kill make it people. Extra hard for sexual abuse victims. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jillian, thank you for your essay. Um, but like other people wrote about wanting to be a veterinarian or an astronaut. Wait, That'll did be... you say? Wait, a law firm? Hey, uh, what? My name's Elizabeth Libby Locke. I have a nickname. It's Nick. Nice to meet you. His nickname's Nick, even though his name's Tom Claire. I, confusing, I know. I, I go by Jillian sometimes. I need you two to focus, okay? I You're just think I fell in love. love. Tom or Nick or whatever you're going by right now. I didn't like your essay either about crushing the poor. Oh, well, th 
topic of our essays were, what do you want to be when you grow up and how will you do it? Yeah. And so I wrote, I'm going to crush the poor. I'd like to open a law firm with a woman I love who hopefully shares the same interests. Uh, Whoa. What's up? It's me, the devil. Wait, oh, all right. That's it. You got soot all over my classroom. Hey, teacher, give oh. me your money. Wait, take me with you. Hey, you having a baby? Yeah. Poof, no maternity leave. God damn it. I knew Little this was going to happen. Yeah. Go to the newspapers. Okay. Tell them I'm going to sue you. Okay. Okay. And then get the money. Oh, I like that. Well, kids, I guess you're destined to get married and start a law firm together. Yay! Yay. Scene. <laughs> Sweet out. Wow. Uh, <laughs> guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all jump up and down. Here is your good news. Talking about good, good news. news. All right. So, obviously, um, I sort of spoiled the first one, but the first news item is something bad happening to Trump. Hell Woo. yeah. So, Michael Cohen, longtime personal, sec- uh, personal attorney to Trump, secretly recorded the then-presidential candidate discussing a payment to former Playboy model Karen McDougal mm. alleged to have an, had an affair with Trump. <laughs> According to the Times, the tape was among the documents and items seized from Cohen's New York office during an FBI raid earlier this year. So, <laughs> just like, I don't know many how many Nixon parallels we need to this right? administration, but secretly recorded, apparently without his knowledge. Um, so, awesome job on Michael Cohen's nice. uh, part. And, um, yeah, I mean, on tape, Admitting to the payment. Jesus. But here's the thing. I'm like, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. No, absolutely not. not. I'm like, and uh, and the only thing that uh, gives me comfort is did I talk about the Slow Burn podcast with you guys? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I recommend listening to it. Um, It's Slate's podcast about the Watergate scandal. But there are a lot of parallels with the Trump administration. And the thing about Watergate was when it first happened, no one cared. Like the public didn't Mm. care. It was a boring story. Um, Most media outlets didn't really cover it. It was basically like, I think, um, Carl Bernstein and like one other reporter in the courtroom. Um, And it was when they figured out there was a CIA connection that everybody started to get a little more interested. Mm -hmm. But even then, the public, there were like hardcore Nixon supporters who were like, this is a witch hunt. This is the Democrats trying to take them down. Yeah. They like, the polls originally were like, overwhelmingly Americans didn't care about it. But then slowly, hence the name Slow Burn, people became interested in it, started following it, and then ultimately Nixon had to resign. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really interesting because there are a lot of parallels. Oof, Ooh, I'm like, let's I wanna, yeah. get angrier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like everyone is... Very chill. I, I just, I, yeah. It's, well, it's like that. I feel like, I mean, people are, like, exhausted. 
Oh, like, yeah. People are definitely like, bad like, news, like outrage fatigue. Like, I, yeah. I don't think there is something that could come out that would surprise me. No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. It doesn't like phase me, like, which is awful. Um, <laughs> unless it was like, unless it was like someone I thought was a good guy ended up being bad, but there's nothing mm-hmm. that I mean, Trump that could do that would yes, be yes, yes, happening yes. all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although I think that, and then he just keeps upping the ante. Like mm-hmm. his Helsinki performance was pretty Jesus. spectacular. Woof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the fact that like the head of the intelligence services had no idea he invited Putin to a meeting in DC. Like that was pretty spectacular. And I yes. was like, wow. Um, so, also in, in outrage slash scandal news, uh, the Justice Department has released hundreds of pages of documents relating to an FBI application for a secret warrant issued in October 2016 authorizing surveillance on former Trump foreign policy advisor Carter Page. So we knew that the FBI had applied for this warrant. We didn't know why. Okay. Now we know why. Um, the, re- the records were obtained by Gizmodo Media Group. Splinter's parent company via a Freedom of Information Act request, um, and then other media and political organizations, including the New York Times, USA Today, and Judicial Watch, also filed FOIA requests. Everyone was like, "Tell us what the fuck are yes. in these documents?" Uh-huh. Um, so um, the FBI submitted the application to the Foreign Intelligence Sur- Surveillance Court, which approved its request to surveil Page. The Times noted that the government's release of this application was essentially unprecedented since no such application material has apparently become public in the 40 years since Congress enacted the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act to regulate the interception of phone calls and other communications. Uh, So they're heavily redacted documents, Mm -hmm. but what remains leaves little to the imagination. The FBI's application for the secret warrant flatly asserts that Carter Page is an agent of a foreign power and adds the FBI believes Page has been the subject of targeted recruitment by the Russian government, um, something was redacted, undermine and influence the outcome of the 2016 U.S. presidential election in violation of U.S. <sighs> criminal law. Boom. Bam, On the page. Bam. Yeah. Agent of a foreign power. Mm. <sighs> and this was his... Coin I both just shut down. This is his top yeah. foreign policy advisor. So this is oh what I mean about God. it's quite possible that Trump is a Russian asset and doesn't really know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had people around him who probably knew what was, like Carter Page knew what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Trump's an idiot. So For sure. you just yeah. tell him like go be nice to Russia and, and like, like He's like, okay, and like I he he not. could be he could be a, a a Russian asset and just not know it. Yeah. Um, and also probably not... Or even, not care. That's the thing. That's all, yeah. We're not thinking in terms of, of nations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That makes him sound like a good guy. But, like, in terms of I'm talking to another rich, powerful white guy. Yeah. yeah. And like, I want rich, powerful white guys to like me because exactly. I'm a businessman and I'm also constantly thinking about doing business and, mm-hmm. like, schmoozing and networking, money, money all that money, stuff. Money, 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 money. So not thinking, like, I'm the leader of America right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just another rich, white dude who's power hungry. Yeah. And this dude's powerful, so I want to be on good terms with him. Yeah. I totally. hate it. But just like for personal gain, yeah. Um I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I like just had a flashback yeah. to when I was little during the um George W. Bush yes. presidency. Um I was like having I must have been in like middle school 
Um, and I was having a conversation with my like parents' friend's daughter. And she was like, I don't know. I just think you might not agree with what he does, but since he's the president, we owe him respect. <laughs> and I remember being like, why the fuck? Like, because he has yeah, a title. Do you like, remember Britney Spears saying that? She's like, oh, really? We just have to support him. He's our president. Yeah. Oh, Which was, Blind I always kind people. of feel bad about that because it's like, She's an ignorant person, but then her comments get broadcasted everywhere, everywhere. because she's a pop star. And but it's like, girl, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, she's dumb, but like, leave her alone. <laughs> leave, leave, her pretty. Alone. Leave, her alone. leave her alone. Leave her alone. Guys, did you know that was me? I look terrible in the video. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, have you, while we're still in the good news section, mm -hmm. did you see anything or overhear anything? Mm. Or, uh, yeah, that made you, like, happy lately? Um, happy. Yeah, remember what happy? You, can you, what is ha that? Happy? Happy? It's the opposite of how we all always feel now. Mm. Oh. So when you're not throwing up from stress. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And do you, so depression is not... It's, it's the opposite of that. Uh, yeah. uh, is, it, is it like something that happened to me that's happy? No, it doesn't uh, have to be. Okay. Uh, or something you're looking forward to. Anything that <gasps> like makes you uh, smile. Yeah, we're going to LA. LA. I'm excited to go to LA. Hell yeah, I can't um, go. Yeah, Allison can't. Boo. Boo. We but being trash, our trash. improv team. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, also, I can plug this. Mm -hmm. I just got on a house team woo, 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 woo. the People's Improv Theater. The Pit. So if you come, if you're in New York and you come, um, it's every other Wednesday, super free Wednesdays. It's my Lloyd schedule. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, are, we do have some off days where you Hell could yeah. potentially go see mm -hmm. Allison one week and yeah. me the next week. Hell yeah. Um, can we do stuff that made past tense made us happy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm so not happy Monday, about it now. <laughs> I'm not happy now. I fucking <laughs> am pissed. Uh, no, Monday I had a character show, oh, like a solo so show. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and I've been having like shitty perform, like it, nobody else notices, but like you know how you perform. So like I haven't felt good about my shows lately. Uh, did a solo character show with like 20 something uh, performers, I think like almost 30. And like a handful of them are like women that I actually look up to and yes, admire. So you want to perform? Uh, well yeah. In front of and you. I, I finally did have a good show, and I was like, hell you yeah! You crush. It was Thank really so much. So tell everybody what your character was. Uh, it was Bet. Uh, oh, actually, I've oh, done it on the did. podcast. Yeah, yeah. You uh, did the lesbian cut out of the Fab Five. Yeah. And it went over well to a straight audience too. I think. Uh, pretty straight. A lot straight. of straight. Yeah. It wasn't like a. No, it uh, wasn't like a um, we will slay, we will like, slay yeah. audience. Yeah, it was good. It was really uh, good. Tim Dunn was laughing so hard. Was he? Yeah. All I could hear was Jess laughing. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Dying. I love Jess. All I could hear. Uh, yeah, that character is so funny. Your oh, wig you. is insane. In in You're insane. When I saw Did how you, you had styled it, I fucking lost it. I have to tell you. Yeah. I get a text from <laughs> Chloe. I still stand by it. I don't think it's that dumb. Okay, but I get a text from Chloe that goes, "Do you have clippers?" And I was like, do you mean like um, like shaving like your head clippers mm -hmm. or like cutting your bangs clippers? I have neither, but I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, like shaving? And I was like, no, I don't. Why? And she's like, well, I want to shave a wig. And I was like, Chloe. I still stand by it. Because of the way the tracks are sewn yeah. into the wig, you're going to see the netting. You're yeah, gonna see, you yeah. can't shave a wig. That's pretty bad. I was like, no, cut but it I would down leave it like gel a it. Is that yeah. what you ended up doing? I was, I was going to use like a four or five, whatever the higher one are, shave a lot, and then... 
It'll, it'll, it'll still show up in strips. Yeah. It's not. I still like, try it. It's that. not like a chia what? pet. It's not like a chia <laughs> pet where there's like hair everywhere. Right. Oh, yeah, but I still, I still believe myself. No, I would have tried. You would have straight up ruined that wig. Oh, but it's such good quality. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way you ended up styling it. It was insane. Chloe had this like old woman <laughs> wig that she like, not really old, like middle aged. Yeah. yeah, like fun, like. I think it might be a Hillary Clinton wig. It's it, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. But and different she, colors, like, I think. Your like, is Hillary Clinton. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. Oh, uh, yeah. And then she slicked down the sides, yeah. and it looked insane. Uh, it was so sick. funny. When you walked out, I was like, oh, oh my, my dear God. Lord. Yeah, I broke before I even started because Jess and two of my friends were on the side, and Jess just goes, wow, 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 wow. Wow, And I just lost it. But honestly, yes. Um, what am I looking forward to? Getting yeah. furniture. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm nearing the end of my fucking nightmare of an ordeal, everybody. One of my nightmares. Yeah. One. Oh, I got my uh, jury duty bumped. That's where I'm at with my good news. I don't yeah. have to do jury duty. I get to duty. do jury duty later. In January. In, a, in the future. <laughs> but I was like, I'd rather lose some time in January than in the summer months. Yeah. That was my thinking. Um. It's so funny that when you were texting me about all of like your jury duty nightmare stuff happening, I got a letter from the Kings County juror's office and I was like, oh dear God, did they find me? But I just had to do a survey oh, that, I that do said, that too. hey, have you done jury duty? And I said, nope. So I think something's coming. Oh yeah, yeah me too. Uh, I, I have the exact same one. I hope you don't get a grand jury summons, which is what I got. That's the one where they can keep you for like up to a year. Six months. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, they they do pay you, but like, I was just like, what do self-employed people do? Mm. Because they just kept saying, oh, your boss is legally required to give you time off and pay you. And I was like, I'm my boss. Yeah. There was a guy there who was also self-employed who was not handling it well. But like, I understood why he's like, this is my livelihood. Like, you are costing me my job. Yeah. Uh, And I... I'm fortunate where, like, it will suck for me because I'll have to record at night. But I can you still, could do, still it. do it. Yeah, yeah, technically, yeah. But yeah. it'll just make my life a nightmare. But what else is mm-hmm. new? I, I can't say that shit. We're in the good news section. Good <laughs> news. Yeah, guys. But just so you know, I don't talk about a lot of the terrible stuff that is happening to me on the show because um, I don't want to use the show as, like, therapy. Valid. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to listen to it because we're all dealing with shit. Uh, but stuff's been terrible, like, for two years. Like, really, really awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to deal with it. And I'll get through it. We're yeah. finding the happy things in, in life. We're finding the happy things in life. Hey, Mom. Desi? I just want to tell you. <gasps> yeah? I really appreciate you. <gasps> Desi? You're doing a good job. <gasps> you raised me well. <gasps> My little man. Good night. Good night. Oh, he, no, he dropped off again. Mother? <gasps> Penny? Yeah, it's me. <gasps> I love you. <gasps> I love you. Good night. Good night. Oh, good night. <laughs> what? Hey, oh, Allison, God. it's the devil. Gross. Why are you? There is soot everywhere. Hey, I just want to tell you, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You're too good. You're too good. But you're also kind of fun, so it makes me angry. Oh, uh, that's kind of a weird compliment. If Thank only you. you were a bad person, we could have it down in hell. Uh, yeah. If I was a bad person, I could also have like a lot of money and no stress, but you know. But you're not. I'm not. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Oh, well, oh God. Whoa. Well, guys, I got to go clean up the soot now. Ugh. Please follow Jesus. Rachel and Chloe on Twitter at 
uh, real slim chata. I haven't said that in a while. I know. And at it's the chew. Yeah. Chloe gets so excited every time I have to say her dumb Twitter name. Shows that handle. Uh, And guys, I hope you have a wonderful day. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Bye. I love you.